Well, I have to be careful as I present lessons and as I speak because there are times when things don't come out the way that I intended them and people get left with the wrong impression. Last week we were talking about bitterness and I spoke a lot about that we need to be careful about just being concerned about our own needs and the way that people are treating us and we don't need to get all focused on that. And on the way home, one of the kids had a question about what I'd said and it, apparently it came out the wrong way that, that we shouldn't be at all concerned about you know, how people treat us. It does hurt our feelings when people don't treat us the right way and that's okay. And so I, don't, I wanted to clarify that. You know, I've gotta be careful that some things are, uh, things are perceived the way that I intend them to be perceived. You know, a lot of times, a lot of my really good dad jokes are lost on the kids. You know, it just, they don't come out the right way. People don't take them the right way. And so that's the problem when we, we're speaking. We might need to make sure that we're heard the right way. Well, I want to continue that discussion this morning that we had last week about bitterness on a related topic. I don't want to just beat a dead horse, but the passage that, uh, that Joseph just read for us there in James chapter 5, Beginning of verse 9 tells us not to grumble against one another. And we need, to, we need to look at that because it's important and it helps us with this idea of bitterness and it helps us with our interpersonal relationships. Because interpersonal relationships are hard, aren't they? They're not always conflict likely as we deal with one another. And our imperfections and our flaws and our personality quirks and traits make conflict likely as we deal with one another. On top of that, selfishness and self-centeredness, arrogance, lack of concerns for others, and the list of sins could go on and on, make conflict likely as we deal with other people. Many times other people are going to try to hurt us, and sadly, maybe we've tried to hurt other people in the past. That might be because of envy or the desire for vengeance for some other cause. But again, when these types of sinful behaviors and actions come into, into play, conflict between people is likely. And James tells us how we need to respond when people aren't treating us the way that they should. In James chapter 5, beginning verse 9 again, do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. James says, don't grumble or else you'll be condemned. Don't grumble against one another. What is this grumbling that James is warning against? What is grumbling against one another? The word that is translated grumble is found six times in the New Testament, the Greek word is. And we can look at where it's translated in those other passages to help us understand what this grumbling that James is talking about is. In 1 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 2, it's translated groan twice there. 1 Corinthians, or 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning of verse 2. For, we, for in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by fire. We don't have time to get into all the context of what James is talking about here in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Just want to look at this verse to give us an idea of what the word means. And it's tied in here with this idea of being burdened, groaning being burdened, something being a burden. 
Hebrews chapter grown, and that actually should be 13 verse 17. Hebrews chapter 13 verse 17 says, Obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. The same word that's translated grumble against others in James is a word that's translated grief here. As elders would have to do something that wasn't pleasant, was a burden, they would be grieved as they do that. And so the idea over and over again is this idea of being burdened. Don't be burdened by others. Don't grumble against others. And when we put this idea into, into focus here, as we look at how it's translated in other passages, we get the idea that when others treat us in ways that are unpleasant, allowing those uh, treatments of others and the way that others act towards us to become a burden to us, such that it is reflected in our attitude and, attitude and actions towards others is what James is warning us against. When others treat us in a way that isn't to our liking, allowing that treatment to become burdensome to us in such a way that we focus on it and it affects the way that we think about others, and the way that we treat others, I believe is what James is warning us about here. Grumbling is against one another. We grumble against others. It's not the general type of murmuring and complaining and grumbling that's condemned in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 says, Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. These folks were murmuring and complaining about God. That's condemned. But that's not what James is talking about here in James chapter 5, verse 9. We're grumbling against one another. The complaints that I have about another, and I don't handle them like I should, is what James is warning about here. We need to be careful about grumbling against one another. Well, why would we grumble against another? Well, as we said, when others don't treat us like we think they should. Back to the context. Back to the context of James chapter 5, verse 9. Notice the key words that are presented here in this idea of grumbling the things that are associated with it. When we, we do not grumble against one another, lest you be condemned, behold, the judge is standing at the door. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and of patience. I'm going to have to suffer things with patience. Others aren't going to treat me like they should. Others aren't going to treat me like I wish they would. I'm going to have to deal with that with patience and with suffering. I'm going to have to endure it. He goes on, indeed we count them blessed who endure. And you've heard of the or perseverance of Job. These things are going to be difficult. They're going to be challenging. Others are going to treat us in ways that are wrong, in ways that are hurtful, in the ways that disturb us and bother us. They're going to treat us in ways that they should not treat us. But how we respond to how other people treat us is what James is warning us about here. We get this idea re, uh, reinforced as we look at the broader context of James chapter 5, verse 9. Start in verse 1. In James chapter 5, verse 1, notice how people were mistreating others. Others are being mistreated here in James chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Come now, you rich, who when your gold your silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. 
You've heaped up treasure in the last days. Indeed, the wages of your labors, uh, of the laborers who mowed your fields, which you kept by, back by fraud, cry out. And the cries of the reapers have reached the ears of the Lord of Sabaoth. You have, uh, you have lived on the earth in pleasure and luxury. You have fattened your hearts as in the day of slaughter. You have condemned, you have murdered the just. He does not resist you. Therefore, be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, waiting patiently for it until it receives the early and latter rain. You also be patient, establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. Do you see the idea in this context is others were being mistreated. And when we're being mistreated... We can't act in ways that would uh, constitute this grumbling towards others. You know, people are going to act selfishly towards us today as they were here in this passage. People today will act very selfishly. Be only concerned about what they want. Be boastful and bragging about themselves without concern or care for others. Self-centered. Show no concern for my needs or my interest. And people in the world are going to do this all the time, aren't they? Sadly, Christians may do that as well. Not treat us the way that we should be treated, we think. And look at the rest of the context in James as it goes on. Look at verses 10 and 11. My brethren, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. And do we count them blessed who endure You've heard of the perseverance of Job and seen the end intended by the Lord, that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. You know, people may treat us poorly because we're trying to live for God. The prophets in the Old Testament were trying to deliver a message to people from God. They were trying to give the important message from God that God wanted for the people so that their lives would be better and that they could be blessed the prophet came on this mission to bring this good news to them, and they were mistreated. They were doing God's will, and they had to suffer for it. And people may do the same for us today. As we try to live like we should, as we try to encourage others to live for God, we may be mistreated for that. And James warns us, don't start grumbling when people mistreat you for living like you should. And he mentions Job. You remember Job. Job was uh, suffering. And his wife and his friends berated him constantly when he had done nothing wrong. And they add insult to injury. We have to be patient. We have to endure. People are going to act in ways that cause us harm. We need to make sure that we respond to them the right way. People are going to hurt us. And this verse isn't saying you're bad if people hurt your feelings. This verse isn't saying that you have to have nerves of steel, you have to have no emotion, and that people can just walk all over you and it doesn't bother you. No, that's not what this verse is saying. And this verse isn't saying that you're wrong if your feelings get hurt. This verse is saying that we have to respond the way that we should. People are going to hurt us and they're going to hurt us bad, but we've got to make sure that we respond the right way. So what are the consequences if we grumble against another? 
If we don't respond to the hurt the right way, what are the consequences? Well, the verse says, Do not grumble against one another, brethren, lest you be condemned. Grumbling against another. Allowing ourselves to be overly burdened by the way that others are treating us in such a way that it in fact impacts the way that we respond towards them and the way that we think about them is a sin. We need to be concerned about it then. You know, many times we're careful, hopefully all the time we're careful about what we do and making sure that the things that we do are in accordance with God's will. But it is so important also that we be careful about our thoughts and our attitudes. Do we let our thoughts and our attitudes run wild? Do we stew and simmer about others and about how they've treated us? or how they haven't treated us? Do we allow that to permeate our thoughts and allow a bad attitude to grow so now we're guilty of grumbling and being burdened by us? You know, what if this verse said, what if it said, do not eat leafy green vegetables, brethren, lest you be condemned? Anybody be having a salad for lunch today? No, that's pretty clear, isn't it? Why do we read verses about our thoughts and our attitudes and we just sort of let them pass on by? Not allow them to impact our life. James is very clear. We've got to be on guard about how we think about others. How we think about others who are, could be burdensome. Who could be behaving in ways that are challenging. We have to maintain the right attitude. We need to be careful. Because, James goes on and says, the judge is standing at the door. The judge is going to judge. He's going to levy consequences for grumbling, for not having the right attitudes toward others. Towards others in the world, towards our brethren, we have to make sure that we have the right attitude. People are going to be lost, this verse says, because of their attitude towards others, because of how they respond to those who are around them, those who may be troublesome, and those who may be not treating them the way that they should be. How can we avoid then this sin? How can we avoid grumbling against others? Well, again, the context has the answers. James chapter 5 tells us that we need to have patience. The same Greek word that's translated patience here is, this, is the Greek word that is used to describe God's patience towards us. And how does God respond to us when we treat Him poorly? And we all treat Him poorly, don't we? How does He respond to us? Are we patient with others the way that God is patient with us? Or are we ready to cut them off as soon as they do something that we don't like? Passage goes on and tells us we need to understand the consequences. It says that we could be condemned. The consequences are great. Our soul is at stake. And the passage tells us that we need to remember the judge is standing at the door. A couple of ideas here presented with the judge standing at the door. One of those is that the judge, if he's at the door, he can hear what's going on inside, can't he? 
You ever have someone knock on the door and you don't know who it is, some stranger, and you don't just want to go walk to the door and throw it wide open and could be a robber wanting to come in, right? So what do you do? Well, you try and sneak over to the window maybe where you can get a view, right? You're quiet. You don't want that person at the door to hear what's going on inside there. Jesus knows what's in our hearts. He knows how we think about others. He's at the door. Let's make sure we get our thoughts and our attitudes straight and in line. Say something else about this idea of the judge standing at the door. When you stand at a door, that means you're ready to come in. The judge is at the door. Judgment isn't just way off in the future. It's near for all of us. It's about to happen. It won't be long until we have to give an account. We need to make sure that we understand the judge is at the door. And third, this idea of the judge standing at the door tells us we're not going to have to suffer at the hand of others for long. This is all temporary and transient. You know, I think we get worked up and we get all in the lather about how others treat us thinking that this is going to last forever and it won't last forever. It's not going to last much longer. The judge is at the door. Furthermore, as we try to look at ways that we can maintain the proper attitude and thoughts about others who even may be mistreating us, James tells us, indeed, we count them blessed who endure. We will be blessed if we handle difficult people the right way. We will be blessed if we deal with challenging circumstances the right way. Blessed are those who endure. And he goes on and he says that the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. We can ask God for help. These are real challenges. Just like I might have trouble controlling my tongue, or I might have control, uh, trouble uh, doing, controlling other uh, temptations and, and, and challenges for me, God will help us as we try to have the right attitude. We need to go to Him and ask for help. God is compassionate and merciful. But since God is compassionate and merciful, we need to mirror that in our treatment of others too, don't we? We need to understand that since God has shown us so much compassion and mercy, we need to return the favor to others. Give others the benefit of the doubt. Have compassion on them and be ready to show mercy. The Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And finally, this morning, I found this quote from a Methodist minister named Charles Deems. I certainly wouldn't agree with him on a lot of things, but I think he was right on it when he talked about this verse. Here's what he said. He said, What a strange sight a grumbling Christian is. He is a man who believes that God hath forgiven his sins, that Christ hath borne them all away, that his Lord has gone to prepare a place for him, that in short time he will be where neither pain nor persecution can reach him, where the load of life will be laid down, where the wicked shall cease from troubling, and the weird things to keep him awake in the night, to worry him and make him peevish and fretful and cross through the day. He makes his own burdens more distressing by fretting under them and thus increases the burdens which his friends have to bear. How many Christians fail to put their grumblings into the category of their sins? But James's admonition that we should not grumble lest we be condemned 
ought to arouse us to the duty of being patient and to the fact that all really true Christian faith increases a man's manliness. We need to keep things in perspective, don't we? This is all transient and temporary. People are going to mistreat us. People are going to be difficult to deal with. People are going to be a challenge. Let us be aware of the sin of grumbling against one another and let us avoid it. And could I entertain you with one interesting fact? You're difficult to be with too. We focus on how everybody else doesn't treat me the way that I should and how everybody else is a challenge. Maybe it's time to look in the mirror because we're all difficult at times, aren't we? Let us be careful about grumbling against one another. What about you this morning? Are you living like you should? Have you given your life to God? Have you named Jesus as your Lord? Have you submitted to Him in baptism this morning? If you haven't, why not do that? So that you can enjoy the blessing of living for Him every day. But if you have become a Christian and you've slipped back and you haven't been guarding the things you do, the things you think, and the attitudes you allow to live in your heart, would you make a correction to that? If we can help you, let us know while we stand and sing.